And today we're going to get petty and stay petty by talking about the Iron Warriors who have taken and held that second place position pretty much for the entirety of the polls. Have um, been sieging. And fortifying. We just got it out of the way early. That leaves us with two choices for the next episode, the Ultramarines and the Blood Angels. Uh, the choice is yours. Again, you, you, you get to choose by leaving it in the comments. So make your voices heard. Uh, that's how these episodes get made. As with any of the 20 legions, a lot of them can a lot about them can be gleaned from their father. Father, I say in quotation marks because Poppy. Oh god, I hate that. They're Primark. They if if you think of Primarchs as blueprints, which isn't quite right, but it's a really useful mental image. If you think of a Primark as the blueprint for the marines that are under them, then Percherabo on his own is probably the best blueprint you could have. He's really high up there. Um, because, if again, on paper, he's jarring. From birth, he's been able to look at any machine and go, oh, that's how that works, and build it better. And that doesn't just extend to machinery. He can do the same thing with people, being able to look at them and go, ah, that's what makes you tick, moving on. So it, it does make him decent with people but doesn't make up for his rather lacking personality which we will get to later he's an artist in the way the best engineers are artists a lot of people like to think of him as the the architect of the bunch because when the emperor was making his 20 kids each of them he he's a very controlling parent and so each of them had a job they were going to do from birth and it didn't matter how you felt about it this is what i made you to be good at i don't care if you want to crochet right See, what I thought you were going to say is he's an artist in the way the best engineers are artists. And that is, it's so beautiful that this works and not how it works. N no, no, but that's it. it Peter, Peter Turbo is very different. It's not duct tape and faith. And I say duct tape and faith in the sense we all have an engineer buddy who's made something that works. It's not duct tape and faith. It's duct tape and he knows it'll work. Yeah, he knows it'll work. It's just not pretty. No, Perturabo is an engineer in the way that... It's not... He's an engineer... If you were to tell Peter Turbo to build a car, the first thing he'd tell you is, what for, right? And let's say you want speed. Then you'd wind up with like the... Have you ever seen the underside of an F1 car? It's not just flat, moral of the story. There's all kinds of molding and architecture beneath it so that the car, A, stays on the ground, almost like suctioning it there, and B, cuts through the air very beautifully. It's that beauty through function. It's the same thing where if you rip an engine out of some of the F1 cars, that could be a sculpture all its own. Like, some of them are genuinely gorgeous to look at, but they really work. That's where Perturabo's artistic sense comes from. It's not... Art, it's not art in the way that, because if you ask any engineer, the architect's dream is always their worst nightmare. No, 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 no. It's not like that. It's very raw and viscerally functional. And then the beauty comes from that. It's when you, it's like when you see those, when, when you see something built for a purpose and it's beautiful in doing that function. That's what Perturabo's stuff is. Um, that's his bread and butter. Downside, never gets to use that. N not once did anyone turn to Perturabo and go, hey, I want you to build this for him. No, he never gets to use that. And now we have to get to the point where we can't ignore the elephant in the room anymore. It it's time for the Perturabo slander because he is 
the most petulant, perturbed piece of shit who has the social skills of a slab of drywall and a personality like a raccoon holding onto some chicken bones that found in the trash. He is quite literally molding all of the time and refuses to share any of that pain, leading to a death spiral of destitution and dejectedness. He's worse than a toilet seat cover made of poison ivy and half as likable. He sucks as a person in every way. He... I can't undersell how trash of a personality Perturabo has. It's so... It's abysmal. It, you, you look at him relative to the rest of his brothers and you think, what went wrong? Which is why people like him. <laughs> just imagine Big E on the Golden Throne just crying into his palms. Where did I go wrong? Kind of. It... it, it it's why people like Perturabo because the rest of his brothers can feel inhuman at times, some more than others. So when you have this demigod almost behaving in the same petulant way that humans tend to, it, it does, does a lot to humanize them. And another thing that really humanizes them is despite having these terrible personalities and just a horrendous superiority complex, they don't let that affect what they do. They will just... The sun will rise today, the sun will set. That That's not going to change. That will just happen. That's how the Iron Warriors operate. The sun's going to rise, the sun's going to set. I have to do this. It doesn't matter how I feel about it. It doesn't matter what's going on in my life. This just needs to happen. And so the Iron Warriors are the epitome of that, which is why they call themselves iron within and iron without, because like iron, it does it doesn't it doesn't matter. I will get the job done every single time. It's a very touching notion in a sense, because I know personally there's a lot of guys out there who have accomplished a lot, irregardless of how they feel, which is kind of how it happens. It's consistency over time. And I also know a lot of guys who are really sad from an inability to move you know and so this internal dogma to just keep moving regardless of how you feel can be really helpful and can be really touching the downside is it's 40k any good idea has to be taken to its logical end point so instead of the iron warriors just getting out of bed doing their laundry, cleaning their room, going to the gym, all the stuff they need to do. It's more trample over the enemy, salt the field behind them, and then square dance on what's left. It, that's them. They will get it done pretty much every time without failure and very, very exact and tight tolerances. They're, they're not quite perfectionists but they're really they want to do the job well it's not just getting it done it's getting it done well they're that not matters. perfectionists they're thorough exactly actually it's so thorough that gilliman's complimented them on that before whereas the rest of his brothers have gone what, what, what is wrong with you it doesn't matter it doesn't matter where we put the books let's just keep it pushing but yeah on the topic of getting it done we actually do that in the studio twice a week there is a bonus episode we shoot every single week, and it only goes to Patreon. This week's was Barabastantioch. Um, 
quite possibly the most tragic death of any Space Marine in 40K. He's Tra- a, tragic story in general. He's up there with Sigismund as for like a, a good death, which is really rough because in 40K you usually don't get... It's usually an undignified death, but he got a fairly good one. But there are also literally twice as many episodes all on Patreon.com. It only costs four bucks a month and you can help us continue to produce the show while getting more of what you already love um, because... I, I'll be honest, we're the furthest thing from industry plants out there. Because if 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 there's an industry planting us, they're really bad at their jobs. I would like to talk to my rep. That's what I'm saying. It's it's long form content in an era where people want short, just jumpy stuff all the time. So it's very much so against the grain, but we've been able to do it with your help and with your continued help. For those of you doing it as I speak, thank you very much. For those of you who are already there, thank you very much. And for those of you who can't, that's still fine. We're on a crusade to 100k, and it is all because I need the sweet, sweet external validation of a sheet of steel from YouTube that's about yay by yay with my name on it. That's it. You're telling me it's not actually silver? I don't think it is. I could be dead wrong, but uh, to be fair, they have Google money. So they have Google. They, they have Google money. Regardless, the only way we get there is together. It's how we've shattered every other goal. So jarringly quick, frankly, that our previous videos have been outdated in a matter of weeks, honestly, to months. So if you want to help us continue doing that, please just subscribe, the bell, all that. Oh, you, you already know what the machine god's like. So help us continue to make this. And for those of you going the extra mile, you know, telling people about us, I see you in other comment sections across Reddit, across Instagram, Twitter, or X, or whatever it's going to be next week. I don't it's know. It's still Twitter. It's X now, legally, apparently. Regardless, Twitter. that's not the point. What matters is I can only say thank you so much for for everything, really. Now, let's get to something far less touching, which is the Iron Warrior's cold calculations. It's the best transition they had in the back of the store today, guys. Take it or leave it. Everything with them is reduced to a numbers game. They look at it all like it's one big Civ game, effectively. So when they are doing their math, really, they just care about getting the answer, not how necessarily steel bullets fuel bodies even just common human decency is reduced to nothing but a resource to be expended back in the day they were so over the top about it they earned the nickname the corpse grinders and people would rather mutiny than be assigned under Perturaba. it was that bad it got to the, the people looked at being signed on with Perturabo and the Iron Warriors, and said, I'd rather take my chances fighting the Emperor of Mankind and Horus, because at least that way I might not die. But under Purdy, it was guaranteed. However, Horus is a really brilliant war master, so he, he, he does know how to fix problems like this, and his brilliant solution was to make it a punishment. So now the only civilians they got assigned to them were criminals and convicts. So, commit crimes, wind up with the Iron Warriors, and be used to sweep minefields with your body, because it, it, it is all numbers. Um, but it's because of this approach that they got this reputation as fixers, kind of, where if you need something done, 
they will be the ones to do it regardless of how much glory is involved. Doing the stuff that needs to happen because unlike their brothers, they, they wouldn't complain about it. They just do it and do it well too. They wouldn't put half their back into it. It'd be their, their whole back. Um, this led to them to, to begin to start feeling a little, or they started getting a bit bitter at the time just because they were constantly getting the worst paperwork slammed at their desk every single day. I'm done filing out TPS reports, but here's more TPS reports. Fine. That's what they were stuck doing. Um, and it got... Usually things got better when um, Legion found their dads because it, they kind of find themselves and they find uh, greater meaning in that. They, they usually... It's, it's, it's quite... It's a buff. It's usually a buff. When they met Perturabo, he didn't even say hi. He just looked at them up and down, requested their combat record, went, hmm, undergo decimation. And I don't mean, oh, go take massive losses somewhere, or oh, go to the front lines and we'll separate the wheat from the chaff. No, the Roman definition of decimation, where you get in groups of 10, you draw straws, whoever gets the shortest one... Take care of each other. With cudgels. Take care of each yeah, other. Yeah, the other nine, take it out on that one person, effectively. So every one in 10 would just get beaten into oblivion. And just to show how failure would be treated under his legion, really, there's kind of no other reason for it. They had a decent record, but Perturabo, it wasn't good enough for him. Um, before him, they were pretty efficient, like I said, but after they became, they became monsters, it, it wasn't even close. They completely mastered attrition warfare, being so good at building systems and structures that they could consistently take 99% losses in an even trade against the enemy, knowing that they're going to win because, oh, we can just replenish. So they would run up against you and lose 90%, both sides, but they know, oh, my side will be back to full strength faster. So it doesn't matter. It's a cold math at the end of it all. And for those of them who have been reduced to numbers, all they have to do is grit their teeth and keep going, hoping that they won't be, you know, just a rounding error to Peter. And they would never complain about this either. They would just keep working. The emperor says, dig a trench, fine. I'll dig the best trench, waterproof the whole thing so not a rat can get in, and then build a system of tunnels so that we can get supplies in and out as fast as possible. Every single time another legion would roll around in the dirt and whine about doing a job, it would be the Iron Warriors who would step up and do it. If you tell the Ultramarines to stop rewriting the tax code on every planet you take and just focus on taking more planets, they pitch a fit. If you tell the Emperor's children to do Anything that will mess with their perfectly manicured nails, they pitch a fit. If you tell the world leaders to stop eating worlds for a moment and think through things, they pitch a fit. But not the Iron Warriors and never the Lord of Iron in specific. They were sent to fight a group of space things that would age you to dust just by being near them. Eldritch abominations. Yes, yeah, there's, there's this actually phenomenal episode of Ben 10 that is, is shaped how I see the Harad through and through where um, it's not, well, they're dealing with this antagonist that's effectively a force of nature. It, this thing can run through objects and age them to dust without any effort. 
And the reason I really like that depiction is despite it being this massive roving hazard, all episode, basically, it's, it's, it's a whole thing. It's not malicious in nature. It, getting upset at that is like being mad at a hurricane or thinking that it's there to spite you. It doesn't care per se. This is just something that's happening. And that's kind of how I envision the Harad, where it's not necessarily a malicious force. It's just a thing that's a roving problem that you could ignore, but you're choosing not to. They were fighting the great ostrich war, and the ostriches were winning. Yeah, and the ostriches could age anything they touched. It was a terrible war. And on t- now, to be fair, do I want the Harad to get more lore in an army? Yes, because that's just how I personally think about it. They don't have much written about them. They really don't. But what matters is they, they were occupying a space that was kind of not needed, frankly. And on top of that, the Harad are very good at taking tech and reassembling it. So basically, they sent the guy who's best at building technology and fortresses against a group that could rebuild it better than he could and then age his to dust. There was no way he was ever going to win this war. It was The deck was stacked against him. It would have been better to send the world leaders at him. Yeah, the, the Harad are very... It's it's a, it's an ent- it, it, they operate almost like an entity from a from a separate dimension where like like a fourth dimensional thing where if you were to ask them to meet you somewhere they'd say oh yeah the corner forty sixth main three hundred feet in the air fifteen hundred BC and that's a logical set of coordinates for them so when he was fighting the Harad it's entirely possible he was fighting the same things just in different time periods in different whens because they just treat it as a different set of coordinates I'm not doing the topic justice because that gets into theoretical physics um what i will say is if you're really interested in this rabbit hole like i was i'd recommend reading some of einstein's work and then the book flatland oh i love flatland which is really good though it's it's aged a bit because it was written in the 1800s i think 19 late 1800s i think flatland i think I think it was written, uh, if I remember correctly, it was written in the late 1800s, and then um, a Carl Sagan either did no, no, either those a the, show or he rewrote no, the book. No, he, he talked about it on his show, but I'm talking about the book itself. I believe late 1800s. I'm going to continue my streak of being right all the time. And if that's not your cup of tea, there's also 101 um, sequels to Flatland, like Flatterland, Sphereland, Spaceland, that all tackle this concept of a thing that operates on a higher plane of function than we do, basically. just It's just a different set of coordinates for them. But that would not be the end of the Iron Warriors' plights, because while they were stuck dealing with these things and learning theoretical physics to deal with it, <laughs> the Emperor then asked him to sacrifice uncountable numbers of his units to just go garrison other worlds. Just sit there, guarding them, because nobody else wanted to. Just, just can you sit on these? Just watch them for a second. Yeah, so they I need ju- to go do something. And so you have these master combatants who tower over the normal man and are capable of engineering feats that could bolster the Imperium to an absurd level, stuck mopping up a Seven Eleven and guarding it at night, and then. All of this because nobody else wants to, 
And then, despite all of this, your worst brother, your cheap copy Dorn, gets all the praise and gets all the ability to build Dad's castle while you're stuck guarding Timbuktu, aging into oblivion, or being ground to dust without anyone so much as saying, Thanks, Percherabo. That was really nice of you, Percherabo. You really helped me out there, Percherabo. No, they just wanted him to do all this stuff constantly, and they didn't even want to look him in the eye for it. They hated the kind of wars that the Iron Warriors faced, and they were constantly judging them for their tactics, despite leaning on them heavily. <laughs> and then, they start shipping him useless convicts, because nobody else wants to work with him. And then, on top of all of that, his biological dad, back on his homeworld, just up and died. Instead of his homeworld mourning the loss of that, they decided to rebel. Meaning that now he's just stuck with useless convicts and he can't even get more marines to reinforce the ones going into geriatric care before his very eyes. So if they want out so bad, fine, fine, fine. I'll help them get out. Jesus. <laughs> Which is how they spiraled right into chaos. Returning to that home world and giving them the way out they so desperately wanted. With their trademark efficiency. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Years upon years of pressure and stress was finally let out. And afterwards, nothing was left. It was genuinely so bad, the Iron Warriors couldn't even comprehend what they'd done. It, it was... No, nobody was spared. There were some Iron Warriors who refused this order, and they just became another part in that cloud that was darkening the sky full of ash. Mm. Yeah. They had snapped and they had gone so far that they were positive that the Emperor would not forgive any of what they've done. Which is why people like the Iron Warriors. It, terrible, but does that not make sense? It, everyone has had that feeling in one point and if you haven't good for you but it's still gonna happen <laughs> dread it run from it feeling overtaxed and underappreciated will come for you all the same everyone has had that feeling of i'm doing all this and i can't even get like a thank you not even some acknowledgement for this and despite doing their level best every single time they just got more worse stuff heaped on them. It's something that most people can really relate to, which is why when you compare him to some of his other brothers who turn into giant snakes, people who respawn every five minutes, and another just went completely insane having all four Chaos Gods look at them at the same time. Percherabo, compared to all that, seems sane. Still horrifically unlikable, but I can le at least see how he got there. He's the most human of the bunch. Just the most angry human of the bunch. Yeah. Um, it, it, it makes complete sense that after all of that, um, the Emperor would want nothing to do with them. Now, in my opinion, I'm, fa I'm fairly certain the Emperor would not have really cared that much. The man has... He's crusaded... He's crusaded in his own time before. But they felt that way, and that's what matters, which is the perfect time for somebody to step up and offer forgiveness in the form of Horus. Oh. 
<laughs> just like, I got you, bro. I saw what you did. Yeah. Then he finally said the two words Peter Turbo wanted to hear the most. Thank you. Pretty much. Um, I'm going to get a little conspiratorial here just because it's. I find it very funny that the same guy who sent Perturabo to the worst jobs imaginable and sent him some of the worst recruits imaginable was also the same guy right there ready to pick up the pieces when it all broke apart. Now, am I saying that Horace planned his downfall a little bit? Probably. I mean, the guy is... He's not, he was the most liked of the, of the brothers. And so he was probably the most socially adept. I could easily see that being part of the whole grand strategy that he liked to play. He, he knew that if the Iron Warriors stayed loyal and got paired with the Imperial Fists or the Ultramarines, it, it, it's, it's a wrap. The, the heresy turns into a minor inconvenience overnight. So he needed to get one of them. The Ultramarines were not going to look up from their paperwork for long enough for that to ever be a factor. And the Imperial Fists were right near the Emperor the entire time, building up fortifications for him. I, I think of all the brothers, Dorn fought, fought the most of the Emperor, too. So they were they were like this. They were never going to turn. But Perturabo, there's some, there's some potential there. And I say defects because they aren't just misunderstood. I mean, I'll be fair. They drew the short straw a few times. They, they, they really did. It, it, some of it is unfortunate. However, it's being in a bad situation and then having your actions compound on it to make it worse and worse and worse. Like, nobody made them get decimated. They did that to themselves. Nobody made them refuse to share how they feel. They did that to themselves. And nobody made them volunteer for the worst gigs they did that all alone. They chose to wear that as a badge of honor to build up this facade of iron within and iron without, letting their tolerance for pain define them. And when you're defined by how much pain and suffering you can endure, that's the only thing you're going to be valued for, really. So instead of people thanking them for, for taking on these tasks, they started seeing them as, oh, that's just what the Iron Warriors do. They're the ones meant to do this. Like I'm meant to fill out W-2s. That guy's meant to suffer in the trenches. It's just the way things go. It's left them as one of the more isolated legions because they couldn't cry for help. Because if they did that, it'd be admitting that it's all a farce. It's all, uh, it's all a mask that they put on to cope with what they have to do it's 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 a very human feeling and it's one that honestly a lot of guys feel like you can't ever share your pain otherwise you're now inherently worthless right like you can't cry like that you just don't do that ever and it gets doubled down at least in the real world when you have things depending on you suddenly because now it, you it doesn't matter if you hate what you do you have to otherwise have to the it. lights yeah. have to stay on now right and so it leads to a lot of people um, feeling this feeling of just being the one holding it all together and being defined by your ability to hold it all together. And just that, nothing else. You can see why people like Peter Turbo. It, it's a very, it's, it's a feeling that a lot of guys are plagued with and is deeply unsustainable, but we all kind of, every, every guy does it at one point or another. I feel like every guy gets to that point 
right? I think that's just a human thing in general. I think at least every, at least once everyone will get to that point. Exactly. And now, and what the only difference being is how long you stay there. They stayed there for a while, as as you can tell. But it, it is important that they did because unlike the rest of their brothers, there's no direct chaos. There may have been some indirect chicanery, but nothing direct from chaos. The the others had pretty aggressive. Pretty aggressive influences. Some had whole overarching plots just to capture them. But the Iron Warriors just fell. They they wound up there because at the end of the day, they're deeply human. And allowed themselves to get in a position where the only way out was to double down. Now we'll have to see if Chaos treats them any better than the Emperor did. For now, it's time for the Foreign Fracas. Alright, so today's uh, Foreign Fracas, or International Incident, it's a working title. That's the full title. The winner this week is uh, Canada. Congrats. Our, our neighbors to the north with mm-hmm. a very frighteningly long border to think about. No, that makes sense. It's huge. It's such a long line. Yeah, but North America's huge. It's very wide. Well, so, is Ca- so is Canada. Canada's part of North America. The, the North America. If you look at... Oh, sorry, I'm US-brained. <laughs> I didn't say America. I said North America. That's like saying South America. Whatever. Anyway, anyway, onto the fun facts about Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, to start with, this is a pretty commonly held one, but it's still hilarious to me, or a commonly known one rather, um, because it became such a common turn of phrase or an expression of sympathy. The government of Canada passed the Apology Act of 2009, which made it so that saying sorry could not be used against you in courts as an admission of guilt. I, okay, that one sounds funny, but I also think it's very fair because a lot of the time, and this is one thing I don't really like about the law, is common human decency can be twisted and misconstrued to be something that it's not. For example, if you're ever in an accident, whether it's your fault or not, and you just come out with the natural human feeling of empathy of just oh my god i'm so sorry are you okay you've just admitted guilt it's your fault yeah and now that can be used against you in court which is so stupid yeah but anyway um speaking of canadian law uh did you know that up until the year 1982 canada was still the uk and kind of technically still is they still follow the same monarchy as the uk well yeah i know but the, the, it's it's a different thing i forget the name of it but it's, it's more of an alliance under King Charles now, used to be Queen Elizabeth. The Commonwealth. They, they're opting to stay together as a kind of alliance, if I remember correctly. But before before 1982, they were one and the same. Hmm. Yeah. Did not know that. These British ties actually led to what could have been America's third scuffle with the British. Everybody knows about the Revolutionary War and the War of 1812, but do you know about the Pig War? of 1859. Yes, back in olden times, maps weren't actually all that good on the west side of the Americas, and some treaties and border disputes were resolved with unreliable info provided from some really badly worded sentences from explorers. It led to the very vague language in the Oregon Treaty of 1846 that then British Canada and the U.S. would draw their borders, quote, along the 49th parallel of north latitude to the middle of the channel which separates the continent from Vancouver Island, and thence southerly through the middle of said channel, and the Strait of Juan de Fuca to the Pacific Ocean. Oh, God. 
Now, dear viewer, if you're familiar with the landscape of the waterways between Washington State and Vancouver, British Columbia, you know that the islands and straits are in no uncertain terms confusing as f And the statement here could be interpreted to place the border in three different places where the biggest point of contention is the San Juan Islands. To make a long story short, British Canada and the U.S. kind of just decided to share the islands. And this worked all well and good until one day, a pig belonging to a British sheep farmer ended up in the fields of an American potato farmer. The American shot the pig in an attempt to protect his crops, leading to one of the funniest interactions in history, I think, where it's reported that the American yelled, Why couldn't you keep your pig out of my potatoes? To which the Brit responds, It's your responsibilities to keep your potatoes out of my pig. Okay, I'm with the Americans on this one. What? Do <laughs> you mean to give the pig the Heimlich? How am I, I supposed to do that? Gag the thing? Anyway, this shooting of the pig led to the British attempting to arrest the American in protest of this. And the American settlers on San Juan Islands said, we're going to call the cops. And by cops, they mean the full might of the American military. <laughs> You can do that? Back in the day, yeah. Mm, fair enough. All you had to say was border dispute. Anyway, one general who was very hot-headed and really high off of his victories in the Mexican-American War ran up to Washington and said, I will protect you, San Juan Islands, and set up an occupation on them, led by Captain George Pickett. Yes, that Pickett. And he just said, we're going to hold on to this island. And literally almost caused the third british american war it was only resolved when like the governor of th these uh the the areas of of the u.s finally just like realized what was happening and like he himself joined the occupation and waited for the british navy admiral to come in mm -hmm. and say i'm getting rid of these guys let's chat you and me we are cooler heads than these two like they're gone they're gone and so they talked about, like, let's just joint occupy this for a little bit with not this guy here. They didn't resolve the border disputes until after Civil War was finally dealt with. Hmm. I did not know all that. Yeah. Well, thank you to Canada for carrying the numbers. They were the most vocal in the comments and the ones who streamed every episode the most. So if you want to represent your patch of dirt... Just keep doing what you're already doing, enjoying the episodes, and uh, letting us know in the comments. However, this is where the episode ends today. I have discovered that these Legion breakdowns work best if I'm given the, the room to do it properly, just because there's a lot to cover often, and I don't want to skip anything so we will be covering the rest of the iron warriors next week we'll talk about that time they completely humiliated dorn uh whether chaos wound up treating them better than the emperor uh what they're up to today and how they cope with being demons and what perturabo's up to just a little bit of that as well as a few other things um on next week's episode so we will see you guys then and as always thank you for being you